Hello, and welcome to the 24th annual award-winning podcast, The Academy Academy, the show that discovers the absolute, undeniable, and scientifically proven greatest performance in your favorite actor's esteemed career. I'm Don Saunderson. Priests, hide your nuns. The Grave Slimer has entered the building. Bam! Welcome to the Academy. Well, Patrick... That was that was, that that's up there with your Kierkegaard, I think, from the Nick Eliefen yeah. episode. That I, uh, in terms of weird weird choices, I like it. Yeah, um, I'm taking I'm taking that uh, name I uh, gave myself in the last episode. I'm owning it. My nickname is now the Grave Slimer. Great. It's a normal Perfect. name. What a normal name to have. Uh, if we ever have T-shirts, I'm sure it's going to be the uh, the top seller. You know, folks out there, we've we've suggested it many times. We don't have the energy to make the T-shirts ourselves. So we need we're going to need some help. We're going to need some help. Um, but Patrick, we got a We got a um, we have got a combustible. Episode this week. Yes. Would you would, as scientists, you know, we deal with all sorts of um, liquids and chemicals and equations and everything down the line. I think we're dealing with. This is some kind of like we're at the CDC dealing with some of the scarier diseases. We're in the full like outbreak style jumpsuits here to deal with oh, these yeah. two movies. I'm I'm dressed up like Jude Line Contagion. Yeah, uh, he is. He is. I can guarantee it. Yep. I'm just uh, get away from me, uh, garbage filled France, San Francisco. No yeah. like, no like. So yeah, we got a, just a couple of. Um, we're really getting into it with Al Pacino this week with some truly bonkers '90s appearances from Alaware. Mm. He's, you know, he's walking the line in these yeah. two movies, and we'll, we'll we'll get into that in just a moment. But uh, first, <laughs> we we, we kind of introduce our guest. You can see him Fridays, seven thirty, uh, streaming on YouTube with fake news comedy. Paul Aredia, welcome to the Academy. Hey, thank you so much for having me. This is uh, me, Paul. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm having a existential crisis. I just realized who I am. Oh no! Oh, it's, no. it's not the grave slimer. That's Paul. No, I mean we'll get to yeah, we'll get to it later. But I'm having some of those uh, um, final uh, uh, what's called uh, last giving Sunday, any giving Sunday. Uh, <laughs> oh, concussion. Um, yeah, you've you you're looking you're looking for your season bonus, but yeah. you got to get one more sack to do it, and it's very yeah. dangerous. James Wood has given you a bunch of chemicals. <laughs> you don't yeah. know what they are. You've gone to the shadiest doctor in the United States, James Woods. <laughs> <laughs> doctor oh, Doctor Woods. <laughs> yeah. Boy, has everyone anyone who's ever been more. We're going to get to it a little bit later. We're all very excited to talk about any given Sunday, I know. Yes. But um, anyone more well cast to their real life persona than James Woods <laughs> in this movie? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's really sleazy doctor, sleazy James. He's he's what a yeah. slime ball. It's great. Pretty, it's pretty much like that movie. And like, I guess, Hercules, where he voices like the god of the underworld. Like, that's pretty like. <laughs> Isn't he um, Sharon Stone's um, pimp in Casino? Jesus Two. Christ! Yeah, yeah, that's probably yeah. that's like that's, that's like who he is spiritually. That's like that's like his soul is. He yeah. is the like character in Casino, like in his deep in his heart. Oh, what a bad man! He's yeah. our bad man of the week. <laughs> bad man of the week. Trademark. 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 Priests, priests, hide your nuns. It's the, the bad man of the week. Yeah, I believe the stamps.com bad man of the week, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> James <laughs> Woods and James. 
you probably win it again at some point because <laughs> yeah. the longer this show goes on. We do not like you. <laughs> you're, you're, you're strangely intriguing on screen. We'll get to it. <laughs> Paul, before we jump into our movies, which I know we're like, if you could see, if everyone could see us, we're on, you could see we're on the edge of our seats. Yeah. To talk about these films, but mm-hmm. we got to get the, your autobiography first. You know, mm-hmm. we're talking about Al Pacino. He, he certainly creates memories, I would imagine, yes. for anybody who watches, especially, you know, younger folks who may have come up in the 90s and been confronted with Scent of a Woman. Um, <laughs> but what what are, what are your early memories of Val? Uh, any early films to stick out or um, any favorites? Wow. Um, sorry. Uh, let's see. I think the earliest memory of Al Pacino, it was in Scarface. I think that was he played a Latino dude and I'm Latino. I'm like, hey, that's like that's like, you know, I grew up all all males. So we love that movie growing up. I was like, that's like my earliest memory. I'm like, yeah, that dude's a pimp, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. Like, I think that's like, I, that's all I remember like seeing Al Pacino. And like later when I got into like movies and stuff, mm-hmm. I remember like, oh yeah, like this dude's like supposed to be a good actor. And then you, I see, I saw him in uh, like Jack and Jill and stuff. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah. what am I, what, what's going on right now? What did I miss? Where, where did I grow up? My God who's in a different time like i felt like i was in a, in a different time zone or a different timeline than everyone else mm-hmm. he's um the older he gets he seems to become a bit more of an acquired taste to yeah, put it uh, like, politely yeah it's like uh like those actors and i, and I kind of get it i mean it's almost like robert de niro when he started taking like those uh grandpa roles what was it horny grandpa with zach efron i don't remember the title but like that where it's like oh yeah like i'll do this film like i'll get paid i'll have fun because like I don't really need to prove myself anymore. And I was like, you don't, Al, you, you've already did like you. Yeah. You won your awards. Like, you know, uh, kiss Adam Sandler, please. <laughs> I also think too, that there's a, uh, something we talked about a couple of episodes ago, a running thread of, um, a lot of these older actors don't seem to have been as good with their money mm-hmm. as others. And, um, all of a sudden dirty grandpa is necessary to pay for a block of Tribeca that you own. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, or uh jack and jill although i'm sure I, I i can't wait till we talk about jack and jill because i have a feeling there's interviews with pacino where he gives a very actorly justification for the yeah. entire thing and i'm really excited uh, to find some of those quotes <laughs> i saw the script and i was oh god i'm sandler oh wow another hit <laughs> another hit I, I thought it could be another superco <laughs> Let's just turn into three Al Pacinos. <laughs> That's going to happen at some yeah. point. Yeah, just, that you will. Get the right, yeah, the right combustible, combustible combination. We're going to all be doing, especially when we get to like, yeah, start yeah. quoting the, you know, inches speech or any. I'm in the dark here. Like, <laughs> shortly. Any <laughs> given Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. See, that's my one one critique of any given Sunday. Uh, I wish that uh, that was like his catchphrase. And he says it like twice in the movie, I believe. But yes. I wish he just said it the way he said "hua" and like uh, "son of a woman," just like randomly. Al Pacino All just the mutters, time. Just, yeah, All the time. just mutters under his breath, "Any given Sunday." <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, any given Sunday, Sunday a buffet Sunday. table. <laughs> yeah, I, I um, I definitely think that too. Like. Because most of us, most, you know, Patrick and I, most of our guests are definitely folks who are kind of not around for 
the theatrical run of like the yeah. Godfather or Serpico or something like his like mm-hmm. heyday as like serious actor. So I, mm-hmm. I definitely think like your first memory seems to be for a lot of people either Scent of a Woman or Scarface. Yeah, those are the two that kind of stuck around through the '90s and mm-hmm. gave gave kind of you know continued his fame. I know that he also had a um, basically in the 1980s he quit doing movies to do a lot of theater. Yeah. Too. So that um, post Scarface, if, imagine if he had retired though, right after Scarface from doing films and that was just his run. He ah, would be, hell. he would be the best. He would be the best. He closes yeah, it I out mean, with Scarface. How do you go any, anywhere else? That would be like a Daniel day Lewis esque. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of like only, only bangers. I'm yeah, going to focus on the stage. <laughs> but uh, so had you seen, uh, Paul, either of these films before we dive, dove in today? I remember uh, uh, any uh, any given Sunday a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I've never seen uh, Scent of a Woman. Okay. I thought it was a completely different thing. <laughs> <laughs> but the title led me to believe I was like, okay, this is going to be something else. Mm-hmm. What, what, did, what did you think it was going to be? Like, broadly uh, speaking. I thought it was going to be like a spy movie. Oh, like a Bond kind of thing. Because that I could see like... Yeah, like more gritty, like mm-hmm. real, like, uh, you know, cop type of thing. But yeah, no, it's that... I didn't think... Uh, like, I was like, it's a coming of age film and it's odd. I think it's a very odd movie. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's about sons who need dads and dads who yeah. need sons. <laughs> Among... But yeah, yeah. It, it is... Uh, you know, let's, let's jump in with mm-hmm. Scent of a Woman here. We've... Sent a Woman, released in 1992, directed by Martin Brest, uh, screenplay by Bo, Go- Bo Goldman, uh, based on a character from the mm-hmm. film Profumo de, de, de Donna. I apologize to our Italian listeners. Uh, uh, Italian film. Uh, the film was budgeted at $31 million and made a hundred and thirty four point one million it was one it is one of yeah one of al pacino's biggest financial successes wow um it has a 89 percent approval rating from rotten tomatoes yeah the consensus says it might soar on al pacino's performance more than the drama itself but what a performance it is big bold occasionally over the top and finally <laughs> giving the academy pause to award the star his first oscar yeah yep. it was it received uh actually it was nominated for best picture which is we'll get into it i mean i i, I feel a bit wild <laughs> but uh fa- famously it won um al's first he would he'd been nominated i believe he had been four he'd been nominated four times mm-hmm. prior to this Ow. and this was his first victory and um so he plays lieutenant colonel frank slade yes <laughs> and uh what a character <laughs> um, you know uh patrick had you seen scent of a woman before i had never seen this movie before i'm gonna say too like in my head like this movie don't get me wrong this movie does get pretty maudlin um in, in some ways i appreciate actually towards the end but in my head, I had this idea of what this film would be. And I was like, okay, this is going to be like a PG movie. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a bitter assable. They're going to like, you know, learn to respect each other by the end. But like, mm-hmm. good gravy. Like, mm-hmm. it goes these very peculiar directions from like painting. Uh, set, uh, 
Al Pacino as probably like one of the most unappealing people ever in the history. At one point, he calls Chris O'Donnell's character a poor mouth. Yeah, an insane, an insane insult from him. You, are you are you are you are you going to use that in the future when you're upset with someone, Patrick? Get out of here, poor mouth! Uh, I'll have to do it like that. I can only say that if I do it like uh, if I do it like that. Uh, like in Oliver. Like That's what Oliver. I was getting at. Like, please, sir, I have some more. Get out yeah. of here, poor mouth. That would, yeah, that is definitely an all. That is definitely like a Scrooge man. Al Pacino as Ebenezer Scrooge. Make that happen. Oh. Why is that? that is insane? That just seems like it's right there. It's just yeah, laying oh on God. the table. Like he's perfect man. for it. You, sir, what day is it today? <laughs> Get me the biggest goose you got. <laughs> some more. Some more. Get a load of Tim. He's tiny. Hey, we, we got to this Pacino's way sooner than we thought. Yeah, we got this, to the three Pacino's, uh, folks. This kid, um, he's, he's, a, he's a tiny boy. He's a tiny guy. <laughs> <laughs> Can fit, fit in your damn breast pocket. Put him in my, the back of my Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, if, it, if we do an Al Pacino, it has to just be a recreation of Scrooge. Yeah. Yeah, can't, yeah. Be, can't be old-timey. No. Uh, has to be like an 80s Al Pacino. Just a... <laughs> just... Yeah, he... It's 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 very interesting this film. Yeah. He he um this is one of the first that I can remember because I, I remember I was about ten years old when this came out and I do remember him winning the Oscar and he got like a standing ovation from the crowd that's like very common today when it's your time or you, yeah. you know, it's like you're and the like the first articles I think I ever read around like 10, 11 years old were like, Yeah, this is his makeup Oscar. <laughs> was kind of the general theme of it like he's over the top in this and this is like i mean people talk about oscar bait and they talk about like gunning for mm-hmm. an award this movie has every single possible thing one could do to try and win an oscar yeah for his character in it i mean he's just he's completely over the top i mean occasionally over the top come on rotten tomatoes he's over the top the entire damn movie mm-hmm. now uh, Patrick and I, before we got on the air, we both were like, "There, there's legitimate people who could say that this is one of the greatest performances of his career, and there are equally legitimate people who could say that this is the worst performance of yeah. his career." Um, what What did you think? Just, uh, just to dive in, Paul, on kind of what he was doing in this. Did Did you? It, yeah, I felt like a caricature, honestly. Like I was. Yeah. Uh... Like from the get go, I mean, you're introduced to him, which was so weird to be introduced to, like, a, to hit this character as a Thanksgiving weekend job, <laughs> and it's like, hey, this is re-, it's like, no, where does that exist? I, I mean, maybe in the '90s or whatever. But then, like, and then you go to this dude's house that lives in the back of the shed of a family that doesn't seem to love him, and he hates this family. And then, like later, we always turn around, but um, just yelling from the get go. Also and stupid like, and a moron before Chris O'Donnell says yeah. a word to him. Oh, yeah. totally. Well, and like the thing too is I feel like this movie has big, like, I call it like Joker syndrome, where like the movie <laughs> makes like everyone in the world infinitely horrible so they can justify the main character being an asshole. <laughs> like, like they have to make like Bradley Whitford's character, for example, when they have that Thanksgiving dinner, like they have to, he's like so mean to Bradley. Yeah. In the beginning, I'm like, man, like just. You know, he works in a sugar, you know, factory. Just let him be. 
and then they have to. <laughs> but then Bradley says some of the cruelest things ever. What an asshole! What oh, a total yeah. asshole! Totally asshole! Totally an asshole! But it's like the world like constructs like assholes so they can justify like, look, yeah. Al Pacino. He's okay. He's an asshole because yeah. everyone else is a bigger. Also, like uh, he's we brought- a, he's like a funny quirky asshole, whereas everyone else are just kind of like stuff shirt assholes oh totally well it's like we talked uh i talked about this with Don a little bit like uh you know uh we've talked about flaps like the character from a bridge bridges over yeah. madison county or br- the bridges of not bridges over madison county these aren't <laughs> giant sky bridges these are normal bridges these but- are classy old-timey bridges the kind yeah. of bridges that appear in national geographic <laughs> magazine you know that yeah this ain't some kind of crazy cloud atlas bridge no no this, this is some- not science fiction this is yeah. down home this is this- down downright folksy yeah this ain't- duna bay is not climbing this bridge but uh <laughs> but but uh like uh like you know the husband in that is like flaps he's like a very milk toast boring individual a uh, nice actor, but like he's uh, a character's always going to be known to us as Flaps. This is like a world of Flaps. Every person who's not Al Pacino is basically a Flaps. Chris O'Donnell, God bless his heart, he's a damn Flaps. I, I love his character arc goes from being scared of Al Pacino <laughs> to being in awe of yeah. Al Pacino. That's the, that's his entire story. Then to being like really scared for a moment, <laughs> but then it goes yeah. back to being in awe. Yeah. <laughs> There's like so many like weird. Like comedic moments, like stylistically, the film to me was like also just weird. The tone of it was weird. It's like didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. But again, like, yeah, from the get go, and then it's like he still has like I guess I'll I guess I might have this job so I can go home. And I'm like, uh, I, wait, no, like this guy <laughs> seems awful. There's no, there was like a whole posting of listings there. This was the one that was paying the most. I don't know. Yeah, it's strange, and I don't know if you all noticed, like, and I I actually kind of like this but um the scenes are all feel like they're three minutes too long almost every single scene Mm -hmm. goes on too long and they kind of repeat themselves Mm -hmm. and it's very strange and i like strange things like that that don't seem quite right Mm -hmm. so i was sold on it but it was like i mean patrick and i certainly exchanged text messages about this movie being 156 minutes long and having this story yeah like this is that's about the length of Goodfellas and Goodfellas last like 30 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, this is Thanksgiving weekend between <laughs> exactly, two just yeah. regular guys. Who are much. complete strangers <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> until, yeah. you know, like they only get to know each other. And then like, uh, yeah, I would say that, uh, and I've talked about this before, like this has a, uh, this has big fish energy. Like it, it does feel like Al Pacino is just like noodling on the guitar on stage. Mm-hmm. Oh like, this yeah! Is like, like this is. Just I thought like... you were talking about Tim Burton's film. Yeah. Oh big. Fish. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ph. Ph. Big no, fish. Big. Like Trey Anastasio. Real big fish. Yeah. Real yeah. big fish. Yeah. Big yeah. Fish. So it's very ska oriented. At one point, mm. uh, yeah, Al Pacino <laughs> skanking on stage in front very of the bouncy, team. Very bouncy. Very <laughs> bouncy. But still kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but uh, uh, but it just it does feel like this is just like we're just gonna let Al Pacino do his thing. We're never gonna give him an like a. We're never going to give him a note. We're just going to let him, like, literally... It's interesting, like, uh, he did prepare a lot for this role. He did, yeah. I mean, he took it seriously. It's just these were his choices, which, God bless him, I love it. That these were... This is what he landed on. (laughs) This weird music man. (laughs) Yeah, I know. This weird melodious man. (laughs) Yeah, he's like... 
Yeah. By the way, twelve <laughs> times he says who uh, twelve times oh, in the thank film. You. I... You're keeping count because I'm like I lost count. And I, yeah. I, but I, I, I even the name is funny. Lieutenant Lieutenant Colonel, like whoever wrote it is like I don't know. I can't decide. Like it... <laughs> Frank Slade is definitely the, uh, the type of name that like a twelve year old thinks is cool. Yeah. Like that is like a huge like oh Frank Slade and he fights pirates but he's also mm-hmm. uh, a professional RoboCop. Like it has that energy of like. Yeah, like it's Slade is like not a real last name. It can't be. I know. You know what it reminded me of too is like in basketball where you know, like James Harden just doesn't feel like passing anymore and he like clears it out so he can either take it to the hole and get fouled or take a, like a step back three-pointer and he's not thinking about his teammates at all. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of the vibe that Pacino's doing here. It's like, step aside, James Rebhorn. Get out of here, yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. I'm taking this to the hole myself. <laughs> also, I will say like before, like uh, before you like are introduced to him, I felt so bad for James Rebhorn's character. What a weird character because he's got like Dean Wormer from Animal House vibes, oh, yeah. except the students suck. Oh, like, the at least students. in Animal House, you're like, oh, John Belushi, he's funny. Or what? These, they're not funny. They're asshole rich kids. So it's like, oh, well, he God. sucks. So I want to see paint dropped on his jag. Yeah. But I also want to see them get really, really punished. Mm-hmm. They suck. The kids yeah. are bad. He's bad. It's like a just bad world. But just... It leads to the big lesson of this movie is uh, <laughs> snitch, snitches get stitches. That Don't cool. ever rat on anyone, even if they're asshole rich kids. Right. <laughs> that uh, um, prank was wild. Like, I was like, mm-hmm. you didn't see the liquid inside of it. You didn't like, there's just no foresight to it. Like, oh, let me look up and as I'm puncturing this thing, as I can see a liquid inside. Yeah another another sequence though that with a little bit of cutting could have yeah. dropped a minute out of there and it would have made more sense for yeah. the prank to go down i mean mm-hmm. but the same goes with the earlier scene where o'donnell and um philip seymour hoffman are trying to not let um who was that june squibb yeah from, uh, nebraska um know what's going on with the prank that scene took forever to get through too yeah but uh, we should mention him, uh, young, very, very early appearance from Sil- Philip Seymour Hoffman. And guess who's already firing on all cylinders? Philip yeah. Seymour Hoffman. He's great in this movie. Oh, man. He has, like, so much star energy. And, like, there's a part of me that's like, okay, I have a question. Do you guys think the movie would be, uh, would, have been, would it have been a better, because, like, I'll be real. I actually do, like chris o'donnell in this movie yeah i think he works as like he's, he's yeah yeah he's like a stingo in this it's like it's, he's supposed oh, to be yeah. kind of heavy big. stingo energy yeah he's yeah. a big old like you know and uh for those who don't know what a stingo is a stingo is basically someone who kind of like is the like, kind of sort of like a milk toast uh lead that is supposed to be like the audience's like uh entrance into the world of like the crazy side character the movie is ostensibly about and so like mm-hmm. Yeah, like so, like uh, he, I mean, you could argue Pacino should have won Best Supporting Actor, yeah, for this film because it is Chris O'Donnell's story. It, it is the ch- Chaz. Don't call him um, Chuckles, George Chuck, Chuck, Chuck. Yeah, don't don't fucking do that, Bradley Whitford. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, he like he loves he loves the dad in Rugrats. He loves Chucky's dad in Rugrats, and the, so that's why he likes Chaz. he likes to be called Chaz. Oh yeah, you know, uh, this was like within one year too of Bradley Whitford playing Eric in Billy Madison. So I can't help but see a little bit of that energy leading into scent of a woman making me not like him. 
Mm. To oh yeah. With too. Oh no, he's like a yeah. No, he's supposed to be he like was so good at that in the nineties. Now he's become like lib hero who's got a conscious, but um, it's just sort but in the nineties he was like such a great <laughs> yuppie scumbag. Oh yeah. Well, and James Redhorn is like the perfect. Because like when I see James Redhorn, mm-hmm. I immediately think of his character in Independence Day. Mm-hmm. Who is like the the shitty Secretary of uh, Defense that like he, nobody he's, likes? He's yeah. great. He's oh, great. Yeah, he I rules. like him in everything. He was good in this. Like being yeah. the only one who was rightfully questioning Lieutenant Frank's insane speech at the end of this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, like it, like that. It's insane. That ending. Okay, so here's two things. The ending's insane. The ending. Oh, totally. Like from the idea that a high school would have like a weird like a trial and yeah, or yeah. <laughs> like everyone is supposed to come to the trial. Bonkers! That's bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> what, the, what the hell did they do to make them cheer that much for him? Right? Exactly. It just, yeah, it felt like a like a teen uh, comedy is what it felt like. Like, yeah, this guy really stuck it to the man. It's like, it's like no, nobody knows who he is. There's no like nobody has any expectation. It's wild. The second Al Pacino is off campus and Chris O'Donnell has to go back to school, Hoffman and his friends are going to make his life a living hell. Yeah. The rest of the time he's there and James Redhorn is not going to be all that helpful in that torture. Mm-hmm. Like Chris O'Donnell's <laughs> life, is he's going to need Lieutenant Frank to come back on campus and beat some people up with it uh, you know <laughs> they should just turn send of a woman into like a rambo style series where like send send of a woman too where like frank slate has to go like fight like the bullies like the bullies have hired like uh you know former east german hitmen to- it, did, it did cross my mind that i was surprised that al pacino had never been in an expendables movie oh Oh, my god wow and if he was he should play like stallone's mentor who is lieutenant colonel frank slade he's blind (laughs) again and just yelling at people (laughs) that would be so good if an expendables four they just have this character from sentable like that is his like they just send a woman is now part of the expendables yeah well he also makes stallone take him around new york for one last ride (laughs) (laughs) we're doing it again I'm, I'm down again. I'm down. I'm feeling bad about myself. I've learned about something called Tinder. But he loves like, and then he goes home and he loves his niece and nephew, and they yeah. all get along. And he's like fun uncle. He's fun uncle Frank. Right? After total psycho thought, yeah. at the top of the movie. Yeah, exactly throwing stuff like get out of my window. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Also, like, I thought he, I'm like, why does this, this guy? Did this guy look this kid up? Because it almost seemed like he had. He knew so much about him. Like, wait. Is this true or is he just guessing? Like he always knows yeah. so much that I don't know how. There's, it's pre-internet. You couldn't look this dude up. You had to like, you know, really find out about a person. Yeah, yeah, I agree. He he has a strange sixth sense, and I maybe you all can. I may have missed it. Um, was it ever explained where he got his money? I may have missed it. I don't remember them. Really He's got clearly. a lot of money. It's- no, I think. What happened is that he was going to kill himself. And so he took out a big loan or something. Okay. okay. That's what my, my mind went to was like, yeah, like you're like, you, cause he's giving out a way to a lot of money to be like, fuck it. Like I'm either way, I'm going to fucking kill myself. So fuck. That, that's what I would like to see. He goes back into his shed and then realizes he took out that huge loan and didn't kill himself. He's like, oh, how am I going to pay that back? Guess I'm going to have to join the French foreign legion. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, another crazy thought that I had about conspiracy was I was wondering 
if he was part of the JFK assassination. It just crossed my mind because he talked about working for LBJ. I was like, did <laughs> Lieutenant Colonel Frank Slade thought was he the second gunman? Uh, man, yeah, no, make a they need make sequels to Sensible Woman, you know, do it now. Uh, I, well, I, just, I, I mean, I, our man Oliver Stone already made a very conspiracy filled JFK movie, so uh, he could just jump right back in and blame it all on Lieutenant Colonel Frank Slade. Yeah, JFK 2, Scent of a Man. There we go. <laughs> there we go. We're done. Boom, Scent of a, an Irishman. There we go. Scent of an Irishman. Scent but, of an <laughs> But yeah, I think this movie, like. Despite like we've 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 um we've we've we joked around yeah. a little bit about this because it's 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 fairly easy to take you know it kind of sets you up but there is some there is a weird I don't know I found like almost hypnotic quality to it where I was like I'm still in I'm still watching this despite the fact that this doesn't make a lot of sense this guy is a total just bizarre over the top psycho. Yeah, I, I think I call him a horny golem at one point in my notes. Just a weird <laughs> horny golem of a man. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, I had seen it before, but I hadn't seen it since high school. And I was like, where is this going to go? I'm in. I still want to see where, where this entire journey takes me. And I think that's like the power of like 90s movies for me, where I'm like a little have a little bit more patience and I'm a little more like, hey, let's see what happens here. Mm-hmm. But one thing I was going to mention too, the obvious predecessor to this movie is Rain Man. And this is that's kind of what they're going for oh. in this as well as kind of the buddy movie where one of the characters has got a thing. You know, it's a great actor doing a thing. <laughs> and and then kind of like the the other character growing a heart mm-hmm. because of it. And I think that they and that was a very popular genre. Yeah. in the late 80s and early 90s and it was an easy way to win an academy award too because you know dustin hoffman who i believe i did read was like with every al pacino role was considered for scent of a woman uh, as was jack nicholson yeah and i wanted to bring up jack nicholson actually in a moment here because i was i liked him as alternate casting in any given sunday i would have liked to see him do the, the coach oh, if funny. they couldn't get um if they couldn't yeah. get Al, I thought he'd be really good. But, but yeah, this is like, I'm sure every one of Al's contemporaries wanted it. Although, although I did read Al didn't want to do this at first. And his agent had to talk him into it. Mm. And I, I get the feeling like Al was aware that this part was a little... There was a lot going on with this part. Yeah. It might not have been the classiest of parts, but his agent yeah. probably like, uh, straight so up told him. My motivation, my motivation's uh, this guy's just needs some pussy. Yeah, <laughs> and, his, <laughs> and his agent goes, "Yeah, that, and you're gonna make us a ton of money, and you're gonna win an Oscar." And uh, I'm in. Yeah, <laughs> in, and I'm horny. Uh, but and Nicholson uh, got his um. His unlikable character with a, a as good as it gets that like mm-hmm. it's like same like very same like, deal oh yeah. man yeah that's same a movie I, I i've seen that movie like two or three times or at least like a usa network cut of that film uh at least two or three times you know throughout middle school uh and i'm so curious that'd be an interesting movie to go back to i feel yeah. like it probably like does not probably doesn't well, hold up that well i watch it i mean it's not like it's yeah it's such a 90s thing that it doesn't hold up like I guess politically correctness, but it is just like, oh, this guy like it has a lot of heart. Like, yeah, I mean, like, 
like it. Nicholson's it's, good. It's, it. it's it's a it's a better movie than this one is. Yeah, at the very least, it's a better okay. movie than this okay. one. Is. I will yeah. say, I watched broadcast news for the first time. That movie Speaking slaps. Of, yeah, James L. Brooks holds up perfectly. Oh, perfect film. Oh man, it is like a, a great yep. time. Uh, I give that movie five smooches. This movie yeah. has maybe like a three smoocher. This is like a, <laughs> just three, <laughs> three smooches, three smooches. I give it three smooches. Uh, this is uh, weird, and I I celebrate <laughs> any movie that exists that it gets, that is this strange. Like if it was if this was just like a cleanly told hour and fifty minutes with this exact same story, I'd be like, huh, and never remember it. Yeah. I'm gonna remember some of the weird shit in this, like when he goes, when he literally says, and I'm I'm quoting listeners this is not tits you're like what is this movie (laughs) (laughs) and that we have been saying around the house and fuck you too pretty often since watching the film too so there's a lot of like very fun stuff he's Uh, absolutely crazy i don't know how i'm gonna pick when it comes down to it between these two movies because he's um toned down only ever so slightly in our next film. <laughs> yeah, I will say, like, uh, yeah, my favorite weird throwaway Al Pacino line is, what is this, the Dreyfus case? What a fucking weird thing to reference. Well, the, the entire... <laughs> the entire last sequence, this from the moment he... Re- from the moment the trial begins to the second they walk out to a standing ovation. Mm-hmm. Just, audience, if you haven't seen it, just needs to be seen to be believed. Yeah. What did he... Yeah, what do you think of the ending, Paul? I'm curious, because, like, I will say, here's my take really quickly. Like, uh, yeah, this movie, it wasn't sure about uh, Al Pacino's performance, but then, like, I will say by the end, like, did it make any sense? No fucking way was I on board. I was kind of on board a little bit. I have to admit (laughs) that I was kind of, like, I pumped my fist a little bit. I was like, yeah, fuck you, James Rebhorn, you nerd. (laughs) Get danced, fool. Yeah, like I said, I think it is two different movies. Like, yeah, because it is that like very teen, like these kids are getting expelled, like teen kind of comedy. Plus, and then on the side, it's just like, like the like most of the movies, like, oh, like this guy's gonna kill himself, and this kid is like, I don't think you should kill yourself, especially like around me, dude. Like, (laughs) oh man, that part was crazy. I yeah, it's death, deathly serious. Oh, it's super serious. Yeah, Yeah. and I'm saying crazy, like the just like the tone of that moment is so different from like mm-hmm. even like yeah because this movie like you know you get your goofs in you get your modeling moments in but mm-hmm. then it's just like holy shit like this gets gets so and it's like you realize oh frank slade is like the most black-pilled man in the world like he is like <laughs> he just totally like just, he just wants to die he hates himself like patrick it, he's in the dark all the time it's in the dark it's true both you know physically and i would say even more so uh spiritually and in, in, in his soul yeah oh man just... do you guys do what do you have any um before we move on to our next film any final final thoughts in particular on al pacino in wow. scent of a woman his academy award winning triumph mm-hmm. you know i uh, go I, ahead patrick yeah i i will say that uh my last thing is it's it's really interesting. Like, it's, I feel like um, Al Pacino, I think there's a part of me that's almost like, I wonder if there's like a stylistic choice for Al Pacino being so, I mean, it is a choice on his part. He made it. Uh, but there is this part of me that's like, Al Pacino is so like colorful and heightened in this movie compared to everyone else to the point where it almost feels like Anomalisa. Uh-huh. 
where yeah. he's like he's like like the 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 the, the David uh David not David Wenham that's the Australian actor David Thewlis he's like the David Thewlis character in Anomalisa and everyone else is Tom Noonan like it is just it just it truly does feel like a world of flat because they they also get like purposely with the exception of like Philip Seymour Hoffman everyone else just has that same like either they're very like buttoned up or whatever or they're just like like nondescript to the point of being like non-characters like the like the husband like the like the daughter of uh al pacino's like uh frank slade character just is like but and like she's like a non-entity and then like the the husband is an even like less of a non-entity i think like the one thing i remember about the husband is he's stoked to golf stoked yeah. to stoke stoked to get away what a horrible family a bad family let's like leave yeah i mean he, frank is a monster no. But everyone else around him sucks too. Yeah, it is like it is. It is truly like, uh, and that is, I do kind of. It is like Joker, where it is like we are just gonna make everyone so bad that it justifies Frank being an asshole a little bit. You know what? Like I said, though, by the end, like I am like rooting, like it kind of rules. Like that scene, that nonsensical scene, in, like fucking Hogwarts or whatever school. It does feel like a little bit like Hogwarts. He does have Harry Potter. It's very weird. Yeah. That very wealthy. I guess like every just like every like boarding school feels like I guess well every uh Hog, I guess Hogwarts feels like boarding school. That's a better way of saying it. Because mm, one's well, reality and the other isn't a real thing. Are you a Baird man or a Hogwarts man? Uh, I went to I went to Choate, sir. No, oh, there you go. There you Choate. go. I went to Choate. Yeah, I, I think um, it's so weird. Like that final speech he gives where he's defending Chris O'Donnell is like. Every movie speech kind of sewn together. Yeah. Like in catch, like every line he has is like a trailer line. Mm-hmm. Like the second he says, Oh, I'm just getting started. You're like, yes, we know. We we knew that was coming completely, yeah. that you were just getting started. But he's such a movie star that despite the insanity of it, the nonsensicalness of it, and the over-the-top elements. He's still so watchable doing it all. And I guess that's my takeaway. It's like, this movie's crazy, but I enjoyed watching it. (laughs) It would have been really funny if, like, at the very end, just as, like, a a cherry on top, like, a doctor came out while everyone was cheering and was like, we figured out how to cure eyes! And then just everyone's (laughs) like, yeah! That's funny. (laughs) <laughs> he picks up Tiny Tim and puts him on his shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, everybody gets a goose. <laughs> yeah, it's a woman becomes a Christmas carol. Yeah, uh, James Redhorn gets dragged to hell by the Actually, devil. <laughs> this, this, movie, this movie, frankly, if he had gone to visit more old haunts, like yeah. his family's yeah. house, this would have actually truly been a Christmas carol. It is... Mm-hmm. In a, outside of the coming of age story, but his story would have been, yeah, the learning to live again. So for sure, it, 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 yeah, his performance is very much pre mental health awareness because I'm like, this guy goes from like his this guy's <laughs> depression is cured by helping a young kid out. <laughs> like at the end, he's like, no longer do I want to kill myself. Mm-hmm. I I drove a car when I was blind, and then <laughs> bye. Uh, you need to remember he tangos better than anyone. I've ever seen and you drive a Ferrari better than yeah. anyone I've ever seen and that should give you reason 
to feel good about yourself. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> Two things really quickly before we move stop on. Ju- stop juggling grenades. We should probably get that in there too. <laughs> oh yeah. He ju- God damn. What a weird film. <laughs> this movie is so deeply weird. Uh, two, two things before we move on to our next film. Uh, yeah. The, um, uh, the tangoing. Apparently he like crushed like one of Gabriel, Gabriel Anwar's toes uh, oh. during that. He's so like, yeah. Not a great, not a great tangoer, uh, but you know she was. Chill. Oh, um, Patrick, I should ask you who's better, Lieutenant Colonel Frank Slade or mm. Harry Tasker from True Lies at the tango? Oh, gotta be Harry. Yeah, sorry, Harry. Just well, they has never it. show his legs, so you That's don't need to know if he's good or not. That's the tango true. Is such a '90s thing, too. By the way. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> It's crazy. I think there's even a movie called "This Takes Three to Tango." There's a lot of like tangoing in the '90s. It's just like it's hot. It's uh, I don't know the salsa of the 2000s. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because tango was the '90 through like '95, and then '96 through '99 was swing dancing took mm-hmm. over um, oh, right, yeah. the uh, the hip dance uh, trend. Mambo number five. <laughs> Old Louis Lu- Vega himself. Mm-hmm. Mr. A German, Lewis. a German dude. Yeah. <laughs> a, a German, uh, the German, uh, the, the German singer who loved uh, to pronounce his horniness. Uh, yeah. Uh, name all, and name all of the objects of his horniness. We've got a real Lieutenant Frank Slade <laughs> kind of guy. <laughs> oh my God, I want to recreate. Okay. Oh, I, I, yeah, Al Pacino is doing a cover of. Yes, yeah. you got to do a Frank Slade. A little bit of Rita in my life. A little bit of Monica is all I need. <laughs> like a, a William Shatner-esque performance. Like a weird this song, song speaks to me. <laughs> the trumpet. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, uh, we, we um I'm so happy because like God bless Meryl Streep and all the movies we watch. She was not in one movie this weird. And yeah. I'm thrilled that we're diving into some uh stranger stranger waters. I will well, say Mamma Mia is a pretty odd film. We'll I will I will say that like, oh man, Meryl Streep, I think she would crush scenes the scent of a woman. If they did like a, a scent of a man, like a Meryl Streep in the, like you know, uh, uh, you get um, Amanda, Amanda, Amanda Seyfried or um, oh yeah, you know somebody <laughs> like that is the is the person following her around. <laughs> yeah, she's like at one point she puts. I'm trying to think of like who the the the, the female equivalent to Bradley Whitford would be. I guess like uh, 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 who's like the person in million dollar baby who plays one of the cousins who's in uh, uh i can't it doesn't matter it's hillary swank dude oh uh, yeah that's mm-hmm. yeah hillary, that's I, point I thought you're swank. gonna go with like um like allison janney oh allison janney would be good Although yeah, allison thing. Janney, she's... just take a uh sub- substitute one west winger for another I will say though, Allison Janney would also crush. I would almost would prefer an Allison Janney scent of a man to a Meryl Streep. Allison Janney would, de- de- she would just like, and then just turn that into like a crazy like where she's just like a a 
you know, like Scott, she's like Scott Glenn in uh, fucking Daredevil. <laughs> He's just like a blind kung fu master who's that just, just defies all logic. You give me that movie, I won. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want them to change a word of the script otherwise, just, yeah, you know. But I'm going to protest it, much like I protested the all-women Ghostbusters. <laughs> Sense of a man isn't for me either. I'm yeah. just <laughs> You know I'm joking. No, <laughs> I don't know. I've seen those boards. No, I'm just kidding. We're kidding. It's I for- saw it the day it came out. I enjoyed myself. Yeah. I, hey, Leslie Jones is very good in that film. Yeah, it was, okay. it was, it was a pleasant movie. Yeah. Um, I wanna- so that was, that was Scent of a Woman. Moving along to 1999's epic American football drama. Yes. Any mm-hmm. given Sunday. Written and directed by Oliver Stone. This one was budgeted at $55 million. Made $100.2 million at the box office. Released in 1999. This has got a absolute all-star cast. We'll try to get through everybody and all of the amazing choices they all made. Um... The uh, the NFL, we'll just put it out there. Wanted nothing to do with this movie. We'll get to and, we'll get and, to and their reasons shows. why and it shows. Um, the film received a fifty two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Sometimes entertaining, but overall, any given Sunday is a disappointment coming from Oliver Stone. This movie received zero Academy Award nominations. And I would be willing to argue it's a more enjoyable film than Scent of a Woman. But let's hear it. I'd like to hear from our guest on this was new to you as well. Or uh, no, you said you'd I seen watched, it. You'd seen I it before. Parts of it. I don't remember the plot, but I remember like watching it. And but now giving it a fresh watch, I was like, yeah, this movie seems like whoever wrote it didn't know about football. And I was like, this is what I think football is. <laughs> like this is what I think like the dynamics of the like the owners are and the players and the doctors there's just like so much and then i feel like if we're talking about al pacino i feel like he was underused like mm. completely underused i just like because it is like he is like there's a small arc but i always feel I'm like i need to know more about his arc and nothing not enough was done there's just so many characters that we keep going back and forth and there's just again there's so many they're like these it's like a seven layer dip of what yeah. football is. oh like, absolutely and, there's not like and you can never get a perfect bite of this like that's what mm-hmm. it feels like it you know we are as we've we've said before we are a pro movie podcast if it can be a movie make it a movie we don't want to do that whole well this could have been a good tv show <laughs> this could have been a good tv show there's a lot go there's so much going yeah. on here i wanted an hour more of the movie to mm-hmm. give me more i mean not even just al but i mean like i'd like to see where dennis quaid went after yeah the end of the film i'd like to see if uh, ll cool j got paid you know i want to see if uh, john c mcginley ever got it <laughs> ever ever uh, forgave al pacino yeah, yeah. I, I, I wanted you're, to know more about um aaron eckhart's character in general yeah like there's always like, there's always like these little things that were sprinkled in that's like yeah you might get the team and like at the end he like uh, gets it but it's like oh like it was just like okay let's see it like let's get it halfway <laughs> through the movie yeah yeah oh man because i will say too that like this movie is dense as everyone said it does feel like like it feels like game of thrones the book not the like the like a song of ice and like that level of like 
oh my god, there's like 50 characters and they all have little mini arcs and like mm-hmm. there's definitely people that I would I wish, yeah, like I said, everyone here said like that I'd like to follow more. Like Lawrence Taylor's character, I wish, uh, I'd love uh-huh. to see what happened to him like at the end of the movie. <laughs> he yeah. died two years later <laughs> is what happened. Is, that is 100% oh, what happened. Man. Yeah, <laughs> also, I want I will say too, I want to know more about the heart of the movie for me. Uh, a character played by a one Andrew Brunarski. Uh, we are introduced to him uh, violently pooping. Yeah. Poor Matthew Modine shoved in the stall <laughs> with him. Make it a scene you can smell. Uh, no, his this movie has two team doctors who are both given storylines. That's yeah. how much is going on in this movie. Oh, man. Yeah, and on, and on top of that, so like besides the acting, it's like we're also given like I think the editing's its own character, like so many close-ups, so many cloud uh, and thunder shots that I was like, "Who? We need to cut these. Why are we overlaying these on these actors?" The uh, and the the like non-stop barrage of music. Yeah, oh, all, the, through, the all the way through too. It does yeah. feel like you're getting possessed by like the spirit of uh, Woodstock '99 when you watch this yeah. movie. Like it just feels like you feel like Kid Rock is like entering your like soul for a moment, and you're like, yeah, just like you're like that is yeah. like you can hear that in your head as you watch this yeah. movie. I, I mean, I even it, like if you think about that song being new around 1999, mm-hmm. and you're making this football war movie. I mean, I see like Oliver Stone saying, yeah, I think this would probably work thematically. But now in retrospect, you're like, oh, that's a silly song from a silly man. Yeah, yeah. No, but it works. Yeah, I, I have no I have no qualms with a little. I little, like yeah, I like um, I got a quote from Roger Ebert about this film, mm-hmm. which I, I, I really like how he goes for it here. I guess I recommend the movie <laughs> because the dramatic scenes are worth it. Pacino has some nice heart-to-hearts with Quaid and Fox. And the psychology of the veteran coach is well captured in the screenplay by Stone and John Logan. But if some studio executive came along and made Stone cut his movie down to two hours, I have the strangest feeling it wouldn't lose much of of substance and might even play better. Mm. But I like his, I guess I recommend the movie. That's a great great way to put the review. Yeah. Yeah. Get us that four-hour Stone cut. I want that, yeah, because like there's like a, they had like uh, was it a hundred like an insane amount of footage they did like mm-hmm. record and like they would like record stuff like apparently like the the part with like the gator like that yeah. was like not like they weren't expecting that gator that was like <laughs> well they said the um the party scene at Lawrence Taylor's house was essentially a documentary like basically Oliver Stone had his people go around town and find the most beautiful women and people he could find put them in the house they had all the coke that's on screen is real and they just were going for it that... and like apparently hello cool chase like I, he's like i have a wife i gotta go <laughs> <laughs> like, he's like i can't shoot i cannot shoot this and just because yeah. like they were like yeah he just like you know it shows in his movies and i think it's really exciting but it's like not really sustainable in his kind of like living on the edge like we're just gonna like shoot to the whim my whims you know they said like i read that article dennis quaid was like we'd go golfing every single day we'd get through 18 holes then we'd call and like no i'm not shooting yet all right i guess we go again and they just get like we're hanging out golfing together and like oh yeah yeah, because they never knew when they were going to shoot like they started shooting the um the big inches speech at like midnight oh my god 
which and everyone was very impressed that Al was able to like turn it on. Yeah. In that in that moment. But by, um, by the way, that like golf squad, it was like Dennis Quaid, Lawrence Taylor, Jim Brown. And, and they were sending Lawrence Taylor out there because they were like, if he goes into the Miami nightlife, he's not coming back. Yeah, it's like, he, <laughs> like he was out of like he was just out of rehab when he got he this had, role. Yeah, he had two hand <laughs> like drug handlers because he was because he had such a problem. Oh, he, I mean, yeah, I don't know if Patrick, Paul, are you you all football fans? No, no, unfortunately, okay. he he was one of the like, the greatest players of all time. But a who was it? Lawrence Taylor. Oh yeah, yeah okay, yeah. But a total like psycho. Like he's been arrested. He's been arrested for crimes that are very unpleasant, and like would come to games like cracked out to the gills. But they're like, no, he's gonna come in and be like he is in the movie, basically. Yeah. Like we need him out there. He's a, like he's a monster for what we need accomplished. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, very, very, very complicated guy. But I agree, Patrick. I think it's a. Um, I actually think it's a really nice performance. Well, for yeah. all things considered, for a guy who's not a pro actor, really. Yeah, he is. Like I think he. Yeah, I mean it's good. It's like him, Jim Brown, Jim Brown doing a very good like a pone or a. R. Lee esque performance mm-hmm. is like the drill sergeant. He's great in it. Uh, so many good, like John C. McGinley as like the Jim Rome sort of type character uh, who looks to me, he looks like this is like, uh, you know, Zorg from The Fifth Element, like Gary Oldman's character in <laughs> yeah. The Fifth Element. He looks like Zorg's like great, 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 great grandfather. Like this is like just like that hair in front and like, oh man, he's so good. I, I get, I get distinct vibes. He came to the set with a plan and let everyone know this is how I'm going to do this guy. Yeah. And this is how I want to look. And they're like, yeah, you go with it, man. You got an idea for this <laughs> run with it. I'm going to be this very odd man. And you're just going to have to, and it's like, and it's like, Hey, you know what? You got right, gators yeah, on set. He is basically Jim Rome, but he's much, he's weirder than Jim <laughs> Rome, if you can believe it. But I, I like, I like, everyone in this movie i think everyone does is does something interesting and they mm-hmm. all like are memorable like they do a good job of you know you want more of them because they've given you a taste of a memorable character yeah. who is going to bring something to the table um you know we should i want to talk real quick about um i thought cameron diaz's character is really interesting um i i, I wish that they had like taken i mean speaking of like um fathers and daughters and yeah. sons and stuff like that that's all over this movie just like sense of a woman but mm-hmm. i wish that they hadn't had her um she got a little strange in the end after yeah. uh when her and Anne margaret started having the heart to heart in the owner's booth and i know that like because i really liked the idea of like her being a very smart very driven person who understood the business completely and wanted to take it and then having old man squad led by charlton heston come in and really just like tell her no this is your role and you're going to be punished for like yeah i thought that's really interesting and very realistic sadly and uh but i don't think like they took it all the way yeah that they could have i'm glad you got all that from all the uh, b-roll exposition they gave like Mm -hmm. her her character's completely introduced (laughs) with a bunch of b-roll shots yeah here's her here's the diploma and then here's the picture of her dad and here's like you know everything else is like yeah like, mm-hmm. I get, I get who she is now, and I might be reading the um, may have this may have been from rereading the plot description on Wikipedia, 
too in gathering some of this stuff but i thought she was i thought it was a really interesting character and again probably would have benefited from another hour and i think it she was also hurt by the I, frankly i find the ending the press conference he gives where he announces he's going to go coach in albuquerque and he's taking Willie beeman with him to be kind of like a very fast way to finish off a very dense story and like, I wish it was a little bit more drawn out than that. I wish they had had a one-on-one scene where yeah. they could have had this confrontation. Um, because, I mean, it's not like Al Pacino's character is like the good like the good guy and she's the bad guy. I think there's a lot more complications there. Oh, yeah, for sure. It is yeah. like the entire thing is like, it's a world that you're introduced to, but there's so much that they like, that we're having supposed to digest because it is just like every single thing. Like, she's obviously the money side and like, and just to deal with the political side of it, like, oh, we need a new stadium and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Al Pacino's like, that's not really what I worry about. I worry about the team because I gave up so much for the team and I'm about the sport. And then, like, you know, and then there's this doctor of the size, like, hey, we're worried about the players. Yeah. The players, like, that, that's like, yeah, you need them to make money, but their health is very important. And then, mm-hmm. like, everyone's, it's just this, like, kind of like ecosystem of like what we're going, what the National Football League is. But it, again, it's like the way it is presented, it did like you're saying it did need like an hour or two more of like of us having to understand yeah. what it is and like really being given that. And I, I, I think I'm just being greedy because I just would like to be in the world. Yeah. For that for that much longer. And yeah, I think. Yeah, I think one of the most fascinating parts, the thing that really got me going was um, like it's a movie about a team, but everyone is selfish and individualistic all the way through Mm -hmm. but it's kind of like this idea that this that's how everyone's living except for these this this one like almost magical cosmic moment in which everyone comes together and then you're like this is so thrilling to see everybody like dennis quaid giving like jamie fox pep talks over the radio and all the coaches working side by side and jamie fox getting everybody on the um the other 11 guys to be on his side and Cameron Diaz rooting for the team like everybody coming together and then it immediately comes apart the second that the second that game's over it's like it's so combustible that it's impossible to um hold on to it's like a like a great punk band almost it's like oh you guys were (laughs) great for like two records but you just can't keep it together exactly it's like oh man yeah, well, and uh, Jamie Foxx, like, yeah, yeah, talk about him. We gotta, like, he is like the heart of the, like, he is like probably the, it's probably, I don't know if it's the best performance of his career, but it's definitely the performance, obviously, that put him on the map. He's yeah, awesome sure. in this. He's oh, awesome he's, in this movie. Oh, he slaps. It rules. And he's so good at, like, uh, he does such a great job of, like, whenever, like, a, a white guy tries to be cool around him. He's so good at being like, fuck off. Such a great, yeah, there's a lot of great like racial discussion that is just kind of like a little, like you're just giving taste of it. Like mm-hmm. the whole like thing about like black players in football and that there's no like, you know, like how many like uh, black coaches and owners there are. And, oh, like, yeah. It's, just, like, it's really it's interesting. Just, like, it's so good and it's just like yeah. breezed upon you like oh man that's so good like, <laughs> that's his own oh, movie it it's, rules. Right? it's just that one theme and then, and then like you're like fucking like john c mcginley is like give me some skin man or whatever oh, no. like oh, oh and it's no. like Mwah, chef's kiss yeah. Yeah. or like the scene where al pacino's like oh i see you're listening to trick daddy yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, some... I, know, I know i know trick daddy yeah but it, yeah it, it's really like you gotta hand it because a lot i don't think a lot of like older actors who have been superstars would want to look as out of touch 
as Al Pacino is in many of these scenes. And he's like, you know, we talked about, he's really good at playing kind of a loser. Or a guy who's like a step behind. And his coach, he's good. I mean, obviously, like, we'll talk about the inches speech in just a bit here. Like, when he needs to bring it, he can bring it. But he's he's clearly, like, I think he's going to fail in Albuquerque. I think yeah. it's pretty like, and I, and I, the, the ending where Willie Beeman's like, my arm already hurts. You're like this is already like, this it's is already, over. It's already, it's already a already Greek over. tragedy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, they even have like freaking, well, not Greek, but they already have like, they, they compare it to like Ben Hur and the Romans. Like, yeah. and it's true. It's, it's cool that like this movie does. It's get a, the, like, uh, it's a nail on the head. Yeah. Metaphor, oh, huge but nail on the head. Because Oliver Stone is so maximalist. It doesn't matter. Oh, well, it's, it's like, it's, well, he, like, he gets to the point where it's like, yeah, it's blood sport, dog. Like, mm-hmm. this is like, yeah, they're yeah. putting their bodies on the line. It rules. What a great scene, too, around yeah. Al, Al and um, Jimmy Fox really yeah, yeah. going at it. Like, it, Jambalaya. Yeah. Oh, Jambalaya's another one. What did you jam- think of my Jambalaya? Jambalaya. <laughs> How did he pronounce Jambalaya, too? He said it. He, like, oh, um, I think jambalaya. I wrote it. Uh, I need to, I'll go through my notes, but I'm pretty sure I had to write down the phonetic pronunciation of jambalaya because it was so insane. Was, yeah, it was like he had never heard the word before, <laughs> and Oliver Stone handed him the pages right before he went on camera, yeah. and he's like, "This is what this is the line." He's like, "What does that mean? Doesn't matter. I'll wing it." <laughs> oh yeah, jambalaya. Yep, that's how I, yeah. I have it. I have, it was, or no, it's jambalaya. That's yeah, jam, it yeah. He said, "Call the jambalaya." Jambalaya. Yeah. Oh man, what a but, wild. But yeah, there was just so much going on. Like the like Dennis Quaid character and his wife could have been a two hour movie. Yeah. Yeah. Just on their own. Right. And he was so good. Too old. Even playing a character who was too old. But regardless, it doesn't matter. He looked great. And, you know, he and I love the stuff like it. It felt very much like um, like Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Like like that kind of like hard ass debt like surrogate dad and the way he like would touch dennis quaid's face all the time and like like baby him almost it was just it was really such a maximalist thing but it's like a very intimate film too like i just was like so enthralled by it then the even despite the fact that i felt dizzy after the first 25 minutes yeah it was well, it just like it was so funny because when i was watching the movie i was like this kind of reminds me of like saving private ryan like they really shoot like the film like a fucking like war and that was his um that yeah, was his direction yeah oliver it literally like oliver showed a clipping of saving private ryan when they were uh, ta- uh taking the beach he basically said this is the way i want football to look literally and that's from the uh the uh what is it? The ringers like oral history of the uh, very, uh, very nice. Very read. good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very fun. Uh, very fun read despite. Oh, and we should, we should definitely get to the, the funnest fact. There is that um, the original casting of Willie Beeman oh. was Sean P. Diddy Combs, who they were like, he's an interesting guy. And I love that Warner brothers was like, Oh, there's great crossover potential for a good soundtrack. Um but so they're funny. like, and Oliver Stone was like, "Hey, I don't know. He's pretty green as an actor." So they, they put, they got like, they got him acting classes. Like he's charismatic, though. We can make this happen. But they brought him out of the football field, and they said he couldn't throw a football more than like three feet. Mm. And <laughs> they were like, "Uh oh, we're in trouble because <laughs> like this guy has to look like a total stud. Mm-hmm. Like he yeah. has to, like you have to believe he's this great of an athlete." <laughs> and they, they've always been like. 
very like quiet about like no it's not because it's just scheduling was the reason why we're replaced with jb fox but by all accounts it was because he just like looked at a football like he had never seen it before in his entire life and was expected to pretend he was an nfl quarterback which is hard thing to do i mean yeah one of my one of my one of my favorite things is like danny mcbride in eastbound and down trying to throw a baseball Mm-hmm. like and he's clearly like never thrown a baseball and he's supposed to be a great pitcher like actors who are supposed to be great athletes who have no form yeah okay. whatsoever it's very funny to me yeah in um in p diddy's defense nobody would have known though that they never show hands those cameras are so close yeah. to their faces like seriously like it's such an intense film of like just like close and- up of faces pores he- yeah, I can't see him. like, and I think I, the the one time I did see like that's supposed to be uh, uh, Jamie Fox throwing a football. I was like, that's not Jamie Fox. It's yeah, that's not Jamie Fox. And it's usually close up on the ball as yeah. it's flying through the air, and like Terrell Owens happens to be on the team as well, and he's he's the one <laughs> catching the passes. <laughs> it's not Bill Bellamy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, regardless, like I just think like Jamie Fox took and ran, and I know that in that oral history, Al Pacino had nothing but um, kind things. Yeah. to say about jamie fox and was definitely definitely a yeah. fan and like great scene partner their scenes really really pop together and unlike um incent of a woman al's like happily seems to be sharing the screen yeah, yeah. That's... in this one mm-hmm. i mean that you have to definitely like again like i thought he was uh, completely underused i mean just like the the amount of like things that you like that uh al pacino was that you saw in al pacino in any given sunday versus um Scent of a Woman was, like, such, like, a huge difference. I mean, like, every once in a while you get, like, a taste of, like, his life, like, the whole escort thing was, uh, you know, like, I was like, wait a second, we need to get more into that. He's this lonely guy, like, but yeah. it's, never, it's really never really touched upon. Like, it's just like, oh, yeah, like, at some point he does have sex with the uh, sex worker, and then, like, but I don't know, is he in love? But, like, at some point he sees her again. Like, it's just... Yeah. I got I had such a weird vibe in all the bar scenes, both with her, Elizabeth Berkeley, who say yeah. by the bell, by the way. Mm-hmm. And um, when Jim Brown would show up, it felt like a dream, like he was imagining mm-hmm. all of it. Like he it was just like almost a hallucination, a drunken hallucination. Like these these connections. I would say in general. Yeah, to be to, to the to your credit, I will say a lot of the film does feel like a drunken hallucination. <laughs> or like yeah. a steroid induced hallucination. Mm-hmm. Or cocaine. Yeah. yeah, any there, like any major drug really. Yeah, there's some weird it def- definitely feels like a concussion. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that, that's like that what these football players see inside their head, they're like, all right, blue 42. Yeah, and they start seeing like thunder and clouds and like oh god weird, yes weird haziness. <laughs> oh, that was insane. It, the history of football, mm-hmm. like in those old timey photos that are yeah. going up too. <laughs> but yeah. It, yeah, I mean, like it felt like the doors of like his previous movie. Like it was just like a total trip. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, but I I do love in this film like when it does slow down, which you know frankly is kind of. Yeah, like the movie comes to a calmer pace when he begins his big rally speech mm-hmm. toward the end of the movie. And that speech, I mean, God bless Lieutenant Colonel Frank Slade's speech, Incentive of a Woman, but I'll take Tony D'Amato's pump up the team speech in any given Sunday. Uh, okay, more so, more so. Here's I loved what- it. Here's my here's my crazy controversial take. Okay, 
You didn't I, like it. I no, it's not that I didn't like it. It's that the side of a woman one is more memorable for me, and that by the end, maybe it's because I'm not a football person. That could be uh, part of it. I'm not a big football guy, but I definitely was like kind of like who wowing. I think part of it too is I have like you're trapped with Frank Slade. <laughs> like throughout the whole movie, you are Chris O'Donnell. You, the film goer, are stuck in the Chris O'Donnell zone, and you're forced to follow this weird man around New York as he like shambles his way from one scenario to another. Um, and so by the end of it, uh, even though the speech is like ludicrous and makes no sense, mm-hmm. there's like this sense it, it feels like you've earned it, it. It's earned itself in a way. It's like. Just by just by the notion of being with that man for two and a half hours, you're like, okay, this has gravitas. And I think with any given Sunday, it just doesn't have quite the same level of gravitas for me just because you're not with... I don't have that hmm. same emotional connection to um, Al Pacino's character. And um, I'm not as heavily invested i guess like for me i guess what's more interesting is all the stuff around the game as much as the game like i think i'm more interested in like what's happening in like the the bleachers what's happening with cameron diaz and charlton heston what's happening Mm -hmm. with like the the weird creepy doctor played by james woods like like everything i think like i'm more uh the micro is more interesting to me than the macro in that film yeah and so as a result, the big macro moment uh, fall just a little flat. Still good, and I'll say he's a more talent. He's he's his his acting is more nuanced in this film by yeah. and large. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I do. What, what did you What did you think of the speech, Paul? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I, I'm agreeing with Patrick on that. Uh-huh. Like definitely like the like the micro thing because I, I I was gonna say they gave uh, James Wood of such a powerful speech like. Did yeah. you ever have a dream? That, like, that's on. more memorable hold to me. <laughs> that that dream is that that's that that speech for me is so much more memorable. The yeah, think, oh, that's exactly. that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. I I I I felt that I, I and I am a football watcher, mm. and I was kind of like, is he just kind of washed up? Is he kind of a loser? Mm. And that speech to me makes me say like, oh, that's what his legend mm. is all about is that he pulls this out and he's like, gets the guys all riled up mm-hmm. and really gets them going. I mean, they play that speech at um, stadiums now. Really? Like for the fans, like yeah. parts of that speech, like to get them like going to get them excited. It's like up there with, um, you know, spe- like, like speech from like Rocky or something yeah. like that or like a friday know. night lights episode yeah. or something i will say i didn't share the first uh the first comment on the youtube because i wanted to rewatch the speech for the podcast and the first comment on the youtube video is a guy just saying i listen to the speech every time before i get into an <laughs> argument with my wife yeah football games it's, what a world <laughs> in football games, it's we will rock you uh, another Queen song, and then the Al Pacino speech. Mm-hmm. Get, get the, the crowd pumped up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They play something from like Hoosiers, and they'll sit play. You know, then yeah. yeah, the Queen song, and then we're ready to go. They'll do a bunch of like random uh, Austin Powers uh, clips, just like getting but my belly. I, I just like the. Um, I really like kind of like his 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 like his kind of the way he moves through mm-hmm. the speech, like the like Colonel Frank's speech is kind of 
9.5. Yeah. Out of 10 yeah. from the very first thing he says. Yeah. And like Tony spilts as he goes. And yeah. I, I do like that. I, I, I think it's really cool. And I think it comes at a really nice time in the movie. Although I do find it freaking hilarious. The very next scene is them um, giving up a touchdown in embarrassing fashion, huh. um, like immediately leveling the playing field from like, oh, they're going to kick ass to like, no, nope. oh, no, they still kind of <laughs> like they're not that good. Like, he, like Willie's like a very exciting player, but they're just like, I mean, that's kind of like the best sports movies are the, you know, you never want to see the team that's just like awesome. You want to be like, yeah, man, I don't know if they're going to do it. You know, and it doesn't even matter in this movie because it gets back to what you all were saying about kind of the periphery stuff is what matters Yeah, in this movie. It doesn't like it, as excited as I was watching the game and hoping that the team would win. At the end of the day, what matters is things like Matthew Modine sacrificing his morality and giving another shot after they've yeah. got rid of James Woods and giving like all the characters these like moral conundrums that pretty much they all fail. Yeah. Or like, uh, yeah. Or what's up with the, what's up with that one character, Madman, Meatball, Chunk, whatever that man in his pit bulls. Like, I want more. I want more from that guy. I love that guy. I just love that weird that weird alligator holding man who is just mm-hmm. like uh, at one point he's like uh, i love the, one of my favorite scenes in the movie to me this is like the heart of the movie the soul the, the spirit of the movie is when uh they're listening there's people like listening to metal and they're like you guys are like you know just listening to bad fucking metal it's like nuts and then he's like yeah. i am metallica's my god and i am here to serve like and he has like the makeup on and it's just it's this thing that like it's it's so corny that it becomes good well, and like the yeah. also like the unsaid like like the, the racial element of yeah. the entire thing too it's like they're talking about music taste but like look at who's on each side and yeah. like how the how they're dividing totally. themselves it's oh it's weird yeah well and also like you know we talk about even like the scene where like they're talking about trick daddy or whatever where al pacino's like i listen to jazz and he becomes one of those yeah. jazz guys uh yeah. which is very a very funny mo- another one of those moment moments uh, which, it's a- which adds so many elements to both the generational rift and the racial yeah. issues between him and uh willie and the only way that they'll ever find peace is by winning football games. <laughs> yeah, it's war, though. It is like and it is war. War, and war and war is hell and you'll never win. And um, yeah, the NFL was not thrilled with this movie. And they were up until, I, I guess, two weeks before the shoot. It was supposed to be the Miami Dolphins, the oh. NFL team. And the NFL was like, mm, nope. And they they became the Miami Sharks and every other team got weird uniforms. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that was that. But um, I, I, I think, yeah, I, I think Paul, you make a really good point that like, oddly enough, despite all the, all of his big fiery moments, Al could actually have had more of them. Yeah. In this film. Sure. I agree. And yeah. maybe that's what happens with an, ens- an, an ensemble. Definitely. Th- this make- deep. Because mm-hmm. even at the end, it like almost felt like the like "fuck you, I'm going to Albuquerque." Almost felt like I was like, okay, like that's it. Just felt like undeserved for the movie. I was like, oh wait, like mm-hmm. okay, like you're going to the movie, you're taking the best players, sure. But yeah. I was like, there's so much more. Because again, there's about the world, especially the world of Miami football, and then it's like, okay, now I'm leaving, and it's like, all right. Yeah, it would have been interesting to end it 
on right after when Pacino disappears down the tunnel and Jamie Foxx is left on the field. Yeah. I know that's a very quiet ending for a loud movie, mm-hmm. but it would have been, I think, interesting to leave it in a little more ambiguous note rather than yeah. like, we're going to tie it together. He's going to really stick it to Cameron yeah. Diaz on his way out of town. Also, is Al Pacino fucking Cameron Diaz's mom? <laughs> like, that was a very weird, like, moments of that. Like, it just felt like, he went to talk. They had a relationship because, like, the uh, Cameron Diaz's uh, Christine Pagnacci was was the daughter of the of the old owner. But then Al Pacino, and then like they there was this weird scene of like them being like Cameron Diaz is jealous. Like, there's just like this weird dynamic between the three of them, at least. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that to me, at least, part of that scene was just kind of like Cameron Diaz just almost like not being allowed at the adults table yeah and how upsetting that must be as someone who you know like you said the expositions on the walls she went to cornell mm-hmm. <laughs> she's she's accomplished she's smart yeah. she's beautiful she's got it all going for her and nobody takes her seriously mm-hmm. and um that's it that's very i think that's a very interesting character and mm-hmm. they they do play with it but again she could have been her own movie yeah too this yep. isn't a, this isn't a uh like acting on her on uh, Cameron Diaz's part, but I was not a fan of uh, the acting. I like the story, like the character, but the, I feel like the acting was a little different from Cameron mm-hmm. Diaz. That's yeah. my my hot take. See, I mean, like same with David Dennis Quaid. I mean, I don't know. I guess he was doing a small guy thing, a small yeah. town guy thing, because he's like, "Gee whiz, gee whiz, he is like, very, he is kind of like a bit of a beta cuck in this movie too." Well, yeah, yeah, just a, and, bit, yeah just, a, and, just a nice, a nice sprinkle of cuck, a sprinkle, the, of, an amuse bouche of cuck. Yeah, and you know, you know, this football hero who's clearly his wife is, you know, happily will send him back on the field to get killed yeah. again. Good God. <laughs> what, a, yeah. what a dynamic, honestly. Like, yeah. have you not made enough? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wives are not well represented in this movie. No, <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Yeah, I guess like yeah, because then like also then uh, he breaks up. Uh, Willie Beeman re- breaks up with his girlfriend like right away, almost after he like I, I, he's starting, and then it's just it's like whoa, like that's just yeah, that what a what a weird uh, plot point. Yeah, that although- was that was wild to me. The entire the entire Willie Beeman thing though, yeah, takes place over the course of like four and a half weeks, and mm-hmm. he has that dramatic of it. Like I, it was hard to tell because he the, he if he had been a little bit cockier from the get go, mm-hmm. but he's like very kind of um, humble and subdued. Yeah. in his first couple scenes in the movie mm-hmm. so like all of a sudden he's making music videos yeah like there's a, <laughs> there's a full music video in this movie oh my god that song slaps that song <laughs> it was good it ruled <laughs> jamie fox all over the soundtrack too sings the theme song to the film mm-hmm. over the credits oh yeah guy. Jamie Foxx rules. He's Triple great in this red. film. Ooh, maybe that. Maybe that's our ending. I still haven't cho- chosen what song will be the ending song for all of our season two. Could be. Oh, Could you be. know, I I had to mention too. I, I I had this written down. I totally forgot. We're going back to Scent of a Woman briefly. Mm-hmm. Thomas Newman's score. All of, I like his scores, but they all kind of sound exactly the same. 
Oh, yeah. it's very whimsical, very the, weird. Yeah, the beginning yeah. of this, the beginning of Send, of Send of a Woman sounded like a little bit like uh, Lord of the Rings. Like, <laughs> we're taking you on this journey, and yeah. like, it just felt very like yeah, like it does. It does feel it like didn't fit. Yeah, yeah. It does feel very yeah. Feels very Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings. Uh, like yeah, like you halfway through the movie, you expect Hagrid to come and tell Chris O'Donnell he's a wizard. <laughs> Like, yeah. <laughs> hey, you are a wizard. We're Should going. I- we're taking the ring to Mordor. <laughs> we'll take- he does have huge Samwise energy. Yeah, he does have yeah. huge Samwise. He is such a, like, especially when he has the tears and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was half yeah. expecting a Mr. Frodo. Yeah. I was just like, Mr. Mr. Frank. Mr. Frank. <laughs> Mr. Slade, the water will taste like plums. Uh, <laughs> oh, <don't-> my God. <laughs> I mean, as opposed to the soundtrack on this movie, which just definitely felt like crack. Just yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah, just like well, just... in in 1999 when this was released, this is almost certainly a double CD set. Oh, for sure. This uh, is a lot of lot of tunes. I'll, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say this: that this movie, like, like, because again, you keep saying like this could have been another movie because the whole Dennis <laughs> Quaid aspect of it was Varsity Blues, like Varsity mm-hmm. Blues. Oh like, yeah. Like, the uh, guy gets hurt, and there's a new uh, new football uh, Friday Night Lights too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, big, yeah, big. I feel like Friday Night Lights. I can't believe, it, but they, I feel like Peter Berg. I copped a little bit uh, from Al Pacino's speech because, like, even like the music for Al Pacino's speech during that time was very explosions oh, yeah, in the sky. Post it, it is. It is in the speech. Yeah. 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 A little bit there. Nothing. No hate I, towards. I, I read that Oliver Stone really wanted to use a bunch of the post rock group Godspeed You Black Emperor. Whoa! Oh, really? For Damn. some of this, and they uh, <laughs> were like, "Fuck off!" They <laughs> they didn't want anything to do with it. But it would have, it really actually would have been like wild if they had done kind of the thunderous crescendos of Godspeed all the way through this movie. It would have been pretty, a pretty. I saw Godspeed one of the last shows I saw before the pandemic went down. Yeah. What a what a night, man! Holy, oh man, holy that hell, that was awesome. intense. Yeah. But um. <laughs> That's but crazy. Yeah, so many people said no to him. Like, yeah. we, we don't want football to be part of this. We don't uh, want the, our they, music. They are Canadian anarchists, if I if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, I don't think Fits they the want to, yeah, crazy American football man all over stone. Uh-huh. Oh, but man. yeah, I think this movie, like, what a blast. Yeah. Just a totally awesome time, like crazy ass movie to watch. I wish that there were more go for broke kitchen sink kind of movies like this that mm-hmm. are that are also huge budget with a ton of ton of people in them like yeah. i think it would be uh, so cool if this style came back because i'd rather see like a train wreck in this style than a very clean normal movie oh, sure. in I, most cases i would love to see like yeah like a three-hour movie about like i don't know just a random just a random subject just like a just like uh just working at walmart corporate and then like it's it's done like it feels like yeah because this movie does feel like a frederick weissman documentary on crack mm-hmm. where it well, is e- just even like if, yeah even if, even if they did like a marvel movie but with like thunder going over the characters faces uh, 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 and yes. like a non-stop crazy soundtrack yeah and, one like, point weird, there's like uh format changes like going from video oh. to like super 8 to 35 and oh. all over the place like uh, I'd even point, be down like down for that. I think it'd be crazy. At one point, there's like a music video, and it's just I am Groot rapping for two minutes. <laughs> but it's just, I guess it's yeah. just be him going, "I am Groot, I yeah. am Groot." This movie is like hanging on tight 
from falling into the realm of just being a total mess, mm-hmm. but it somehow mostly sticks the landing and how glorious it, it is yeah to me this movie it feels like uh this is like uh just an original tommy's burger where it's just like <laughs> chili cheese it's probably not good for me like this is probably you, you, hurting you, you're movie. probably not going to be able to pick it <laughs> oh, up and no. eat it too it's going to fall apart all oh, over yeah, you. you you lose crucial bits of the burger as you chew and you're like ah oh, that tomato probably had a story to tell but oh well but then uh, you take a bite and you're like, God damn, I love this bad boy. Got chili all over the beard. Yeah, there we yeah. go. This is, oh. a chili, this is a chili beard of a film. Yo, mm-hmm. absolutely. And, and that uh, review was sponsored by Tommy's Burgers. We should um, we should make that clear. They, they, they So original. They paid for the spot. I think we should probably get to our rankings. Yeah, here. We should it. We should see who's moving on. Gosh, I'm going to be I'm going to be sad. To see either of these go, I'm going to be okay. honest. But uh, we're going strictly on performances. Of performance strictly only. On performance, performance only. And but first, oh, let's do our oh. The John Cazale Memorial Supporting Player of the Week. We all know Al Pacino is great, but he had a lot of wonderful supporting co-stars in both films this mm-hmm. week. Who are you all giving? your supporting player of the week award to Patrick. Why don't you go first? Oh, there's so many people I could give it to. I could give it to obviously Jamie Foxx is like goat, like one of the best performances uh, in an Oliver Stone film period. Uh, I could give it to, I can give it to, I like Chris O'Donnell in Send of, uh, Send of a Woman, actually. I think Chris O'Donnell, that is actually, I can say that that's the definitive Chris O'Donnell performance. Like, that I think he even said it himself in an interview that this was like the best before, like this is like the best film experience I'll ever have, and he knew that at like twenty three, like this was like as high as it would ever hey, get. You to know, that. he was not yet in NCIS Los Angeles with any given Sunday's LL Cool J. So uh, you know, <laughs> this is what it's like when worlds collide. Uh, <laughs> this is what uh, it's like when worlds collide. Yeah, and this is what it's like. <laughs> God. I'm the lead singer of Power Man 5000. Uh, oh, is but... that song not on the Any Given Sunday soundtrack? Oh my God! Yeah, no, I'm surprised. No, Any Given, no Power Man 5000, no, uh, no Limp Biscuit. I was uh, totally expecting one break like, stuff, like yeah, break, break stuff. stuff. Yeah, or like yeah, something about a nookie or whatnot. Um, <laughs> Wookie, nookie, and whatnot, and so forth. Yeah, a Wookie, a nookie, if you will. <laughs> Wookie. Uh, <laughs> the Wookie. Oh. That's an that's got is that that's got to be a Weird Al song. Oh yeah, that's, for the Wookie. Uh, like, for that's the Wookie. right there. Oh, wow. Yeah, come on, that's Weird Al. Yeah. If you haven't done that, we're disappointed. I'd come like on, to see Weird Al. Weird Al go back in time to some <laughs> parodies he didn't get to, but for songs that are dated and a little uh, bit older, like not modern hits. But uh, uh, yeah, now, I can't wait. Now's the time to parody Nookie. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait for like to, uh, Weird Al to be like, yeah, eighty-seven, and it's like Tony Bennett, where he'll get like whoever, like the Amy Winehouse or Lady Gaga is of the era <laughs> to do duets, and it's like they're just doing, you know, my baloney or whatever. Baby, uh, baby, it's mold outside. <laughs> like a ninety-seven-year-old. <laughs> Maybe it's mold outside, uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, you're up still on your Cazale, uh, Patrick. Okay, my Cazale. Uh, it's hard. So you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna slice my Cazale in half. I'm gonna give mm. each of them. I'm gonna get the right amount of slime for each of them. They're each gonna get slimed. Uh, the right amount of slime from the grave slimer. Uh, 
I'm going to give it to uh, half of it I'm giving to Lawrence Taylor and half of it I'm giving to Andrew uh, Bernarski. Oh, wow. I just love those those two people. I think are like the heart, like the good heart and the bad heart of the movie. Uh, I think Lawrence Taylor. I think they both like their warts and all. They're just like they're fun performances, and they're just like very like uh, like they add like the necessary texture that that film needs. Like I think they just need these two big. I'm surprised that Andrew Bernarski really hasn't done much beyond like uh, he did like uh, the what was it called Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. He was mm. Leatherface. Oh really? Yeah. I didn't look him up. Thank yeah. you for doing so. <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, but I like I just like their weird, they're just weird performances in this in this wonderful weird film. Uh, yeah. And so I'm I'm giving them each half the Kazale a Kaz, giving them half. Wow. Kaz. Splitting it down the middle. Yep. Um, Paul, who is your? Oh, like the car, like the car, um, much like oh, the car, much like Lawrence Taylor in the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> what insane! A car gets split in half in this movie with a chainsaw. Oh, yeah. I love that he had that chainsaw on hand. Yeah, too. Well, like, yeah, yeah. That's an industrial strength one to be able to. Apparently, split, but split yet, an SUV. yet, and yet it's uh, it's he's proficient with it, and it's uh, it's uh, exact enough to split it cleanly clean. in half. A very clean cut, yeah. <laughs> like a samurai sword. Like it's, mm. it's, it's like he's a twelve foot Ronin. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh my goodness! Wow. Uh, Paul. Yeah. Yes, who's okay. your Who's your John Cazale winner for the week? Uh, give me the Give me the the background on this award so it's anyone who's not al pacino who you thought put in a um good performance <laughs> okay. in either one of these films that you'd like uh, to spotlight okay yeah spotlight. Uh, i'm gonna go with uh john c mcginley oh yeah so good. great performance great like whatever like whatever he was given to him he's like i'm gonna fucking kill it he almost had like a mad money energy in a lot of, the, in a lot of <laughs> yes like, huge jim kramer yeah. energy big uh, yes just contributing to the coke energy of this entire yeah. film and he's just like give it and then he gave it his all he's like yeah like i'm i'm acting against all these like people al pacino but he you know he made like so his shit shine yeah what a good feeling too when al pacino decked him yeah uh, that rules sure yeah, I was like, the, the don't apology. apologize at all. Don't apologize at all for that, Al. He deserved it. Yeah. <laughs> great, great performance. Uh, I'm going to give my Kazale. And obviously, I think, special shout out to Jamie Foxx. I think this is a truly star-making, amazing mm-hmm. performance. But I have to, the first crossover. Whoa. Tooch, Kazale, winner. Philip Seymour Hoffman, Scent of a Woman. Damn. Damn. Establishes himself immediately in a wonderful character role as a petulant, snotty, rich kid brat Mm -hmm. who goes crying to daddy and then sulks at that table brilliantly with his weird haircut. Oh, man. So young. And I will say. So young, but he had it. He had it already. And Todd Louisa, who I thought was Peter Sarsgaard in the entire movie. Uh, Drops to you too as being one of the guys who could fuck you too. <laughs> it was great. Uh, That's great. I will say too that uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. I think I wanted to say this, but it got lost in the in the sin of a woman chaos. Like uh, as much as I love Chris O'Donnell, like much uh, like the entire movie. <laughs> oh God, yeah. This, uh, this 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 podcast is gonna be comparable to both films in terms of psychedelia <laughs> psychedelic properties. Uh, but uh, but uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman is like the Chris O'Donnell character. Mm-hmm. Man, oh yeah that would be interesting that would be interesting 
Uh, yeah. and, and you know what? I'm going to do, I've never done this before. Uh, since uh, I got a, uh, man, this is this is cruel what I'm about to do, but I'm taking my halves of my I'm taking my halves oh, of my of my Academy my Academy John first. Cazale Academy hats. Academy I'm, I'm, first. Taking, I'm taking the slime <laughs> off of their heads. I'm putting the slime back in the bucket, and I'm putting that slime on Jamie Fox. Someone had to do it. Oh, I have shit. to give him. I have to give him the. I have to give him the gazelle. If no one's sorry, Lawrence Taylor and Bernarski. Like you guys get micro. You'll get somebody micro had gazelles. To get the, somebody yeah. had. Somebody. Yeah. Jamie Fox had to get one. Of he them. had to get one. Yeah, he had to right. get one. So I'm. And don't worry, you guys can get micro gazelles, Bernarski, Lawrence Taylor. But I had to give it to Jamie because like it is like Jamie. stop by the stop by the gift shop on your way out. Yep. You've got some micro gazelles, the replica gazelles <laughs> that you're more than welcome to purchase <laughs> for nine ninety nine. Got little little buckets filled with fake slime that you can mm-hmm. put on your head. It's actually it's it's dirt. Official Academy Academy shot glasses too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and you can eat it. The slime is uh, it's edible. Yeah, much like the uh, butter beer at Universal Studios. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, wow, what a boy that was dramatic, and we have not even gotten to who's moving on oh, to the gosh. next round. Patrick, we'll start with you. This is obviously it's performance based. It's Al Pacino's performance based. It's uh, there's a lot to think about here. How are you feeling about it, Patrick? Where are you leaning? It's really difficult. Uh, this is like one of the toughest ones we've had to do because I think. I'll be real. I think he's a better actor in any given Sunday. Like he just he gets like he gets he does he does get like he does do more like he he or it's not that like he's a better actor, but his like performance his performance demands more nuance mm-hmm. that his performance doesn't he doesn't get from see Scent of a Woman. Like I love him in Scent of a Woman, but the first hour of the movie, I'm like, what the fuck is happening? It's like yeah. what is this weird horny you d- blind? You did fan? you did text me with the the ultimate question of who is this movie for yeah it is like yeah it is like a weird because it's like is this for like because i always thought this was like a movie you could like show like uh in middle school or something when the teacher was sick i saw it in high school you did in class that's that's funny that's i know that's believable but i I feel like yeah i don't know why it was on my mind this entire screening <laughs> I got hey, I got uh, I got my teacher to play you mean Dupree for our uh, Spanish class. <laughs> oh, <what> a... <laughs> for like I don't know why I don't even remember. I think it was like when the last Sp- for Spanish. Class. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like when the last days of class, and I was like, uh, oh, I have a movie we can watch for the last day of school, and I was like really stoked to watch you mean Dupree with the class. Yeah, mm-hmm. Dupree. Oh my goodness! Uh, with Spanish subtitles, though, so we weren't cheating. Uh, okay, we good. We still learned something. Stop uh, trying to stall, Patrick. Okay, goddamn it. Uh, okay, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Uh, this is so hard. Uh, Son of a woman. Um, yeah, it's weird. It is like a fish concert Al Pacino performance. He's just noodling on his little Pacino bass. Uh, but like by the end of it, though, like uh, I was enraptured by that like final as stupid as that final scene was. I was like on my hands clapping. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, go to hell, James Rebhorn. You deserve this. Uh, the car, your car to be covered in paint was good. Uh, man, I had to give it to Son of a Woman. Why were they so concerned about whether or not he deserved that job? Because they were at, the kids were yeah, bad. They, assholes. they were bad. I was on James Rebhorn's side so until he, until he turned on Chris O'Donnell. Yeah, then I yeah. was like that. But like the movie, I don't think understood like 
Like, no, no he's, no, didn't. he's the didn't. baddie in this. You could have uh, ended that sentence with, I don't think the movie understood. Yeah, no. but uh, with a heavy heart, because uh, any given Sunday is good, and I would like to see it again. It's interesting. It is an interesting film. Like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, not without its prob- flaws, obviously, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I got to give it to Son of a Woman. There we go. Tough. Well, I am. Um, this is really, yeah, this is really tough. I'm going back and forth because I think a lot of good points made and kind of like the bigness. I, I would say, I would say Sense of a Woman is, I would give most Pacino. Yeah, it too. is definitely most. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the most Pacino award. Yeah, the winner of most Pacino, Sense of a Woman. Um, he's really, really good in any given Sunday, though. It's like for late Al, when he actually could have been weirder and more over the top Yeah, in, in any given Sunday. And I guess this kind of comes down to what you value more in acting. This kind of gets us to like the core fallacy of our show, of the whole, like, we're going to figure out scientifically what it is because the hell is good acting. And Al Pacino's mm-hmm. asking that question in both of these mm-hmm. films, in a way, and in particular, in my opinion, set of a woman, because I think you could you can make a very decent argument that that's very bad acting mm-hmm. yes. that he's doing in that movie. I, though, if we're trying to be like, I have to give it to any given Sunday. Mm-hmm. I think because I think he, I think it's a more nuanced performance. I think it's more yeah. controlled. It's more calibrated. I don't think, I think he's out of control in Scent of a Woman. Now that's totally a watchable thing. Certainly, mm-hmm. it's enjoyable, yeah. but does it make a lick of character sense? Um, I don't know. I don't know. You know. We'll see. Maybe maybe we'll be watching it again. It's it has come down to our guest. Yeah. Ooh. Is there music? Music cue. Uh, oh yeah, put on that Godspeed you Black Emperor. I will yeah. put on yeah, I'll put on the cool uh, post rock music in yeah, the background. Yeah, definitely remember to do that. I oh, am gonna say. <laughs> I'm gonna say. That scent of a woman is Al Pacino's revenant. Like I know it's the came before, but it just wow. seems yeah, like, it is. That, that, that's a good. Like, that's a great yeah. example. It's not his best, but it's like, hey, we're gonna give it to him because like of this, you know, like yeah, he's doing everything he does basically. Yeah, exactly. that, is, that is like yeah, the equivalent to him getting mauled by a bear. Like yeah. that is like <laughs> that's the only thing the movie's missing. Yeah, <laughs> you should have seen the bear. I want pussy. I want to fight a fucking bear. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I'm going to say, I think, again, I said it from the beginning. I think he was underutilized in any given Sunday, even though his performance is more nuanced. I don't think we got enough to see, like, the, like, acting wise. That's why I'm going to give it to Scent of a Woman, where I'm like, he went woman. Like Damn. all out, it didn't matter. Like with that, like his performance is there every single like. Like Patrick said, you know, he's just noodling his way. He's like, I'm just fucking acting now. Like, yeah, you know. he's a he's regular like, flea. Yeah, he's like Eddie Van Halen doing a guitar solo, staring yeah. down his guitar, saying, exactly. "Can I? I can't believe I'm playing this well." Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it, that yeah, razor thin margin there, but scent of a woman moves on in the hua division. To oh, play man. the winner of the forthcoming Donnie Brasco Devil's Advocate Showdown. Oh shit! Oh god! Devil's Advocate. Mwah. Mwah. <laughs> that, that is a that is one of the few Al Pacino performances I've seen, and oh man, 
I have great oh, yeah. memories. That's another boy. Can you imagine I, if that wins and we have to do a episode where we rewatch both Scent of a Woman and The Devil's Advocate <laughs> to go against each other? I forgot to say that at the top. I was like, wait a second. Now that I remember, because I, you know, so many movies. Yeah, that's also like another early movie was Devil's Advocate was one of the other first performances of Al Pacino I saw. Yeah, uh, I was like, oh, and then like uh, again, like matched up with Keanu Reeves. What a what a what a mashup. Yeah, like, and like, you uh, know, an interesting matchup too about um kind of mentor. Weird yeah. mentor figures in both Scent of a Woman and Devil's Advocate. Yeah, all of these. He likes being a mentor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And same with uh, Any Given Sunday. Jack any Given Joe. Sunday, we're going to be, yeah, we're going to be more than likely bringing you up as kind of in the, um, what, what do we want to call it? The She Devil uh, memorial slot, Patrick, yeah. of movies that we surprisingly enjoyed quite a bit, but couldn't make it out of the first round. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. It joins Defending Your Life. Uh, she devil like you know yeah. it's, it's an honorable we'll talk about that it'll come back i'm definitely i have so many doubts <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll watch it again too i'm gonna watch it again i think it's a weird it's a weird it's yeah. not it's a but it's, it's it's dense it's like yeah, yeah. it's like that seven layer dip i mean i think full-fledged slapper like yeah. let's let's just let's just be honest but that was um Scent of a Woman versus Any Given Sunday. Scent of a Woman moving on. We're going to move on very quickly here to this week's game. Patrick, would you like to set this one up? Oh, yeah. Uh, Priests hide your nuns. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's that's my new thing. Uh, Okay, the the game is Al Pachinko. The premise. Uh, now, should I change? I'll probably change it to something because Pachinko isn't technically a video game, but it's it's all good. So here's yeah. the premise. Uh, you know, you're going to fucking Nintendo or THQ or uh, Take Two Interactive, one of these game highfalutin game companies, and uh, oh, they're coming to you actually, and they're like, uh, we need you to turn any Al Pacino movie. Al Pacino's like the newest hot thing on the market. Al Pacino is like Gen Gamer, Z. Gamers love Pacino. Yeah, Gen-, Gen Z loves Al Pacino. They love his Al Pacino TikToks. He should mm-hmm. get on TikTok. Yeah. That'd be good. He'd um, probably be very good at it. Oh, yeah. Al he just- Pacino. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, we just, they want, they want you to make a uh, video game about any, based on any Al Pacino movie. So what would be, what movie would you like to see? And it doesn't have to be these, it doesn't have to be Son of a Woman, doesn't have to be a... Uh, entire filmography any, any given is on Sunday, the table. Uh, entire filmography is on the table. What mm-hmm. uh, what Pacino film would you like to see turn into a movie? Uh, even though the entire filmography... I'll go first, because uh, it's my game, I'll go first. Well, uh, he actually has had many films turned into video games in mm-hmm. his catalog, comparably to Meryl Streep, who I believe we did okay. this game with. As I mean, well. yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know that I, looks... Wait, or do you have one, Paul? Or do of you want to go first? I have, I have one, of course. I mean, like oh, from the from the get go. I mean, like uh, GTA Scarface. Yeah, I mean, like, easy. Like that's oh, such the, a, like a video game movie. So like I think that. they actually turned Scarface into a game. Oh really? I believe they did. Yeah, they did. I think yeah. it's like a PS2 game. Oh mm. God, Scarface PS2. I would love to see the up oh, Scarface: The World of Zeros. Ah, it has there a seventy five percent on Metacritic. Okay. Mm. Yeah. I'd be released in 2006. Uh, I, I open do like world. though that uh, Paul, you went for an actual legitimate possibility for a game that would make money. Yeah, of course. That's, yeah. Uh, that's really like you know. I'm sure Patrick and I are going to be like Frankie and Johnny, the game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, totally. No. Uh, See. So yeah. Because yeah, like I, I'm thinking like uh, I'm thinking uh, for my game, I would just do a. Uh, 
I know we said, you know, maybe not the movies that we just talked about, but I would love a a, a freaking uh, any given Sunday, just like football sim. Mm-hmm. We're just like creating, it's like sim football or whatever. You just you, like you the run sims, the team. Like, you have to go to the doctor. Yeah. And like, <laughs> you have to give a passionate speech to your players. Yeah, you got to give a passionate speech to your players. Uh, <laughs> Be like it's... a morally ambiguous John Madden football. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Just like, uh, like a, an Oliver Stone's Madden football. That's so funny. That'd be good. Yeah, so that's my choice. Um, my game, I mean, the stakes are never higher. You know, winner gets a Cadillac. Loser gets a steak. Second place gets steak knives. Loser loses their jobs. We're talking Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. <laughs> oh, <the> game. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I, for some reason, I just imagined just like a, uh, a Tekken style fighting game between all the... <laughs> Jack uh, Lemon versus Ed Harris. <laughs> For some reason, there's a kangaroo with boxing gloves as well. I like it. I like it totally. And like Alec Baldwin just comes in and like judges you yes. after every one of the fights. Oh man. And if it's a Namco game, you gotta put Yoshimitsu in that bad boy. So you got yeah, you got Jack Lemon, you got you got Al Pacino, you got Alec Baldwin, you got Yoshimitsu. You've and got- since it's new, we're gonna get Kevin Spacey was in the original film. He's out. Oh yeah, no, the he, video they game. replace his character with the JoJo the Kangaroo. It's great. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and no one noticed. No one, <laughs> <laughs> a kangaroo is just around wearing glasses, drinking coffee. Oh my god. Gives that really mean speech to, to Jack Lemon. So um www.videogameproducer.com. Reach out yeah. to us. We got some good ideas here. You know, I know that you're looking and we're ready. Uh, I, 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 I I play video games, so I know what the companies are. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, what an episode, Paul. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for, for having uh, me. For dropping by. Do you have anything you'd like to plug on your on your way out? Yeah. Uh, my personal Instagram. I uh, post a lot of sketch comedy at Paul Aredia. Uh, I think it's Paul on the internet on TikTok, but also I have a... a fake news satire program called fake news underscore comedy on uh tiktok and you can also check us out live i think it's changing i know i gave you the wrong i think i gave you the wrong time i think we're the, our time is changing because oh. we're also moving on to the pack theater uh streams so just be on the lookout for that i'm sure we'll post it on just our social medias but yeah um, what else yeah uh oh you can follow a, a an Oreo parody account on Twitter called <laughs> Upcoming Oreos. Uh, that's a fun one. Oh, it's good as hell. I love this. I love this. Uh, I love those uh, photoshops of wacky Oreo flavors. It's good as hell. It's unironically good. Makes me happy. They're flavored like, uh, like you know, this one tastes like your childhood dreams. This one tastes like, say, you know, fresh bluegrass. They got some flavors. They're funny. It's good. Follow it. Uh, Paul's just a good boy. Yeah, super funny, great guest. Thank you so much for so uh, much for having me. Dropping by. Uh, so before we head out, Patrick, is there um, is there anyone you'd like to thank? Oh, for this episode. Yes, yes. Oh, I'd like to thank uh, just like the world of flaps. Just every, just like the scent of a woman universe, where just everyone is just a flaps esque being that isn't Frank Slade. Uh, I'd like to thank. Uh, just music full length music videos in the middle of films i just love a good like it's a good like palette cleanser i think like every movie that's over two hours long should just have a music video in the middle of it just a full up <laughs> with a montage just do a full 
full-length music video, three to four minutes. Uh, mm-hmm. The longer, the better, in my opinion. Um, I'd like to thank, uh, you know, just the thought of uh, Jack Nicholson playing uh, uh, a woman uh, mm-hmm. or playing any given Sunday, Mr. Sunday himself. <laughs> Uh, that, I don't believe that's his character's name, Jack Sunday. Uh, I'll do. I'll do the part, Oliver. <laughs> if you let me be called Jack Sunday, <laughs> and I get to say any given Sunday, whatever I want, any <laughs> given Sunday. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I l- I'd like to thank uh, uh, you know uh, just uh, a young uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, where you can tell there's that little glimmer in his eye. You know this big boy is going to become a big old man. Uh, and there we go. Those are my thankies. Um, you know, I got to I gotta give a big shout out to 90s dance crazes. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> yes. and, um, and whether you're stepping on toes or not, you know, yeah. go for it. Um, dated parody songs. Yeah. big big thank you to dated parody songs thank you so much and on that note i mean keeping it on a musical tip um the work and legend of the band power man 5000 yes i got a big shout out i want to give a shout out to all our canadian anarchist listeners <laughs> and i gotta really you know it takes a lot for a very very complicated but not really prank for you to fall hook line and sinker into very very slowly but i gotta thank that because that happened this week to poor james Rebhorn and his jaguar poor, yeah. poor Just, james Rebhorn, but a, but a great guy we we saw him in silkwood yes yeah. <laughs> so uh, next week we are taking a look at brrr. we we have we've entered the auteurs section of the bracket and we are looking at Michael Mann's Heat versus Michael Mann's The Insider. I'm very excited for this episode. Oh, is the is it so hot out that you need to go inside, or is it uh, is the heat uh, cool enough for you to be out uh, outside with the heat and not in with the Insider inside? Patrick's shirt is already off. Oh yeah, that's just um, a, that's, that's that's just a Thursday for this bad boy. On that note, that's a, is that a reverse tubing yeah. when you have your shirt off on the Zoom? <laughs> But it, but you but you told everyone beforehand. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> what a bad. <laughs> On that note, we will talk to you all next week. Thank you for listening. Uh, the priests hide your nuns. Whoa. <laughs> 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 And all my fans got me screaming. You can defeat me. You're dreaming. Fuck the wild style. Profile. Willie Beeman got the ladies in the stand smiling. Wow. Getting down to the nitty gritty. Making them run out on the field and so they did eat. Shaking like Peyton and shot. Let a ball up like a clock. The stadium packed like Woodstock. Sending it downtown. Blast like a rocket deep in the pocket. Touchdown. What's up now? Who is that rock in the spot? It's Willie Beeman.